Welcome to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. Social media is hard, but trying to do social media as somebody else is impossible. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome? Do you hate seeing yourself on camera? Are you unsure of what platform to be on and how often to show up there? Well, join the club. On every episode, you'll hear a real life person talk about their successes and struggles on social media, how they overcame their own insecurities, and they'll give practical insight for you to apply today. So if you're ready, let's start the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Social Media Mindset. And I I am so excited for you to have a, a piece of this episode in your ears today uh, or in your eyeballs, however you're choosing to consume this. Because, you know, it's not often I get to bring on someone that shares in the same greatness of my name, but also talk to someone that I think might actually own more businesses than I do. <laughs> and uh, that are actually successful. Let's go ahead and add that. Let's add that part in too. And, and so Kyle Gabhart, bro, welcome Howdy. to the show. It is an absolute pleasure, Kyle. So I, 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 real quick, I want you, because you've, you have one of the most incredible voices of, of all the people that I know. Uh, you're actually going to record the intro for my podcast. I already have. Future. I just haven't sent it over, but it already exists. Yes. So, yes, sir. so will you just give us like, just give us a like, welcome to the social media mindset. Can you just give us one of those real quick? <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of variations that I could envision. It all depends okay. on what kind of mode you're going for. Yeah, uh, but you know, if if you have uh, a lot of um, you know female audience members that may be enticed by uh, more of a, a baritone voice, welcome oh. to the social media mindset with mm. Kyle Draper. Right, so we could go that route if that's yeah. kind of what we're going for. Okay. Or you know, if we wanted to go more hip, hey, welcome for the social media mindset with your host Kyle Draper. Right, so there's all kinds of different energy so levels that we could go for. Uh, but I've always been told I have a face for radio. Uh, the earliest was the um, the movie phone. Uh, so that was kind of my shtick was, hello and welcome to movie phone. Brought to you by 106.1 Kiss FM. Dude, come on, man. <laughs> Taking me back to the 90s. Unbelievable. There's people that are going to listen to this episode that this makes no sense to them. <laughs> like they've never had to call a phone number to find out movie times That's in so their true. life. <laughs> that was a real thing. Oh yeah, because well, because you didn't want to look it up in the newspaper to see what movies were available. Right, <laughs> it's unbelievable. So, okay, Kyle. So we've you know we've played around, and we you know we're, we're going to continue to have fun in this episode for sure. But give everybody a rundown because you you have your hands in in a, in a lot of different things, and and quite frankly, you do all of them extremely well, which is kind of annoying if I'm being honest. <laughs> so, so give it, give everybody the, the flyover of who Kyle Gabhart is. Sure. Uh, so my bride and I have a marriage ministry. Uh, we've been leading that since 2014. We've got yep. just, I have 30,000 followers on Facebook. Uh, we do marriage workshops and conferences. Uh, we did one earlier this month uh, at Northwood church. We're currently leading a marriage class 
Uh, we do that uh, a couple of times a year. There's, I think, 10 couples in that marriage class right now. Uh, we've got a book on marriage. It's called The Phoenix Marriage, God Creates Beauty Out of Ashes. Mm. Uh, then uh, I've got a few other books as well. There's one up here, Legends Don't Retire, and yep. Neither Should You. Uh, that's actually the platform that you and I initially got connected on because we were both yeah. speaking at the same conference. Yep. Uh, and uh, so that's my public speaking arm as well as book publishing. Uh, I've got a few other books as well. I think that my mom was the only one that actually bought any of them. <laughs> um, but uh, that's neither. But those are the most two uh, two most recent ones. Uh, let's see. Then I've got a financial planning and wealth management practice, uh, Bluegrass Legacy Group based here out of Keller, Texas. Uh, we've got clients in, I think it's 11 or 12 states. Wow. Uh, and we work with uh, individuals and especially entrepreneurs and nonprofits in helping them figure out how to align their goals yeah. with their assets and organize all those pieces so they're headed in the same direction. Uh, so that's a, a big area of focus for me. Uh, it's also a, an element of what's incorporated in the Legends Don't Retire uh, I've got a game design and publishing business. So uh, the two boxes you see back here are Wild. Arctic Scavengers. Uh, so this is the English version of Arctic Scavengers. Uh, this is the German version of the expansion, uh, specifically the recon expansion. Uh, it's wow. also available in French. Uh, we've done uh, three expansions. We're working on a fourth. So, or, sorry, two expansions working on a third. Uh, we did a promo that it wasn't really an expansion. It was just some extra cards. Dude, here's what's crazy. Somebody I know is going to watch this and they're going to be like, you know, the guy that created <laughs> like that. And I'm going to be like, what? What? Wait, what? Huh? what? what? <laughs> and they're going to think I'm so much cooler now <laughs> because I know you. That's amazing. Uh, let's see. I've, I've got a, uh, a real estate uh, management company. I've got um, a, uh, an IT consulting and training business. Uh, I license courseware as well. I don't know if that's part of the IT consulting business or if it's separate because it's all IT courseware I'm licensing. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure. Um, and then uh, actually on the book side, we've got a, I've got a, a book publishing company as well, like as a, a turnkey deal. Uh, it's called Olive Street Press. So someone who has the content but doesn't know in the modern era, right, all the different pieces involved in a book. Yeah. It's the editing and the book jacket and the formatting and the how do you get it to Amazon or do you go to Amazon? Do you physically print it or do you use their KDP print on demand deal? And like handling all of that stuff is a one stop shop for folks. Uh, so that's uh, that's something we do as well. Um, and I don't know, I got a couple of other ideas in the works, but, uh, that's good. Enough so many things. So, yeah. oh, oh, sorry. I'm, uh, apologize. I'm also on the board for a nonprofit called Unlocked Ministries. I'm on the board for the Keller Chamber and I'm the chairman of the board. Uh, and then I am now on the advisory board for an oil and gas company based out of Dallas called King Operating. And we're currently Dude. doing a syndicate funding raise for exploration in the Permian. Okay. Now I'm done. How how does your life happen every day in a positive way? Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, the biggest piece is the Lord uh, first and foremost. Yeah. Um, and an awareness of my very, very, very small piece in the equation and in the universe, and even in my household, quite frankly. Uh, and then the second piece is just an immense amount of gratitude. Uh, so I stand on the shoulders of giants. 
the fact that it's called Bluegrass Legacy Group, the fact that it, the book is entitled Legends Don't Retire is because I firmly believe that I was handed a legacy by my grandfather and by my father. And, and yeah. it wasn't a giant pool of dollars. It wasn't like, you know, we've got uh, museums with last name Gabhart slapped on under statues or anything like that. It's it's legacy in the sense of I was handed off a set of values yeah. and a set of standards and a set of principles in terms of how you live your life. And that coupled with unconditional love has given me an absolute outrageous advantage in life because I know for a fact who I am. I know that there's a safe place that I can land and I know I can take absolutely any risk on the planet and the people that love me and care for me are going to be there to catch me. And a lot of times those you know don't work out, but enough times they do work out that things just work incredibly well. And so I'm super blessed and I recognize the uh, privileged position I come from in terms of being loved and knowing I'm loved yeah. and the strength that gives me to take chances and risks. And you take enough of those shots, some of them go in. So I'll, I want to go a different direction than I planned on going. Fair enough. Uh, just based on what you just said. For a lot of people... Right. So you you are and, and I believe this is true for myself as well. We are carrying on the legacies that were set before us. Absolutely. We are honored to do so. It is a privilege. Uh, there is a lot of pressure <laughs> having come from a good legacy. Yep. But there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this and they're going to think um, my legacy sucks. <laughs> my parents were the worst or maybe it's my parents were great, like, but, but they, you know, they, nothing ever worked. It was just, you know, one, it was a failure after another. The heart was in the right place, but it, whatever it was, right. The cards may have been stacked against them. What's your advice to the person that like your story frustrates them mm -hmm. because they don't have a legacy to carry on and they, they, you know, they don't, they're not really sure what to do. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that question, Kyle. That's so good. Um, you know, the, the thing I would say is that uh, there is knowledge and there is wisdom in failure. And yeah. what I find too often is that people encounter failure and the lesson they learn from it is, well, don't do that. And then they go to some place of safety. And I frequently coach to my teams the importance of failing early, failing often, yeah. and failing forward. So good. Right? So fail early in that you want to make mistakes as quickly as possible. Yeah. As fast as you can figure out which system doesn't work, which process doesn't work, which template or tool isn't going to work. Figure that out as quick as you can. So that's fail early. Wow. Fail often is don't allow yourself to believe that you're only going to make mistakes early in the process, but instead expect that you're going to fail often. And that's not an indication that you're messing up. It's an indication that you're learning, that you're growing and that yeah. you continue to push the envelope. You could stay somewhere safe. You could stick with what you definitely know and has no risk of getting messed up. And maybe because of your legacy, that's your heritage. And that's your tendency to do that is to just, just play it safe. But then you're going to be limited in your opportunities to the extent that you play it safe. So you need to fail often 
so that you're constantly pushing the envelope, constantly challenging things. Love it. And then lastly, it's crucial you fail forward. You've got to grow and learn from those things and take on either learning from the past in, in the, the legacy of your family and things that they tried that didn't work, or in the present, things that you've tried that didn't work, and you build off of it, you grow from it, and you become a stronger version of yourself based off of that ongoing process of learning from failure. How, how do you keep failure from defining you? Because I think so many people shy away from failure because then they feel defined by that failure. And, and so I know that's not the case for you. Anyone that's had a lot of companies, it, it people love to be like, wow, you must be so rich. Like, that's amazing. What I see is, holy cow, bro, you have failed a lot. <laughs> that's true. Like that's, that's so like, true. Like, that's what I hear yes. as someone that owns multiple, multiple companies. Holy cow, your failures are adding up. So yeah. how does that not define you? And sure. you, you carry through anyway. Yeah, for, for sure. So, so quick sidebar, by the way. Okay. Um, last week, I had to let go of my first employee at one of my firms. Wow. And the prior month, I had let go of my most recent employee at that firm. Mm. And so in, in the terms of like, oh, man, everything just seems to work out well. No, it really yeah. doesn't. And like, yeah. we're constantly like, oh, that doesn't work. Oh, that doesn't work. Oh, that doesn't work. I introduced a completely new technology to Bluegrass Legacy Group earlier this week. And this is Tuesday, right? So we've already got a new piece of software we're using because mm. we're constantly growing and changing and pushing the envelope and trying new things. All right. But back to your original question. I think it's really, really important from a mental health standpoint that we not define ourselves by either failure or success. It's mm, good. Right. So the very question, how do you avoid defining yourself by failure? I'm like, whoa, just because it happened to work out well in yeah. one case, you're really setting yourself up for a huge disappointment if you allow yourself to get, it, get defined based off of success. Because mm. what happens when it doesn't work out, when it doesn't go the way you thought it was going to? So I think it's crucial that we pivot entirely and redefine it and define ourselves in terms of a growth mindset. Define ourselves in terms of resiliency. Define ourselves in terms of core values. All things that have nothing to do with yeah. success or failure. I love that. It's so good. There, do you, do you know who Dr. Carol Dweck is? I do not. So she she wrote a book literally just called Mindset, hmm. and she's a she's a psychologist or psychiatrist, you know, one of those smart people. Sure. And and that her her entire thesis is built on you either are growth minded or you're not. Okay, there you go. Right, that's it. Either you believe you can be better, or you believe right. She calls it the fixed mindset. Gotcha. Of Kyle, you're better at that, and you're just always going to be better at that to me. Like, that's the fixed mindset. Sure. As opposed to, wow, that was so good. You're so much better than that at me. I think I can get there, too. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's powerful. It, it's, a, it's a great book. You would love it. So I want to, I want to, you know, this is a social media podcast. So obviously, I'm the boss. I can talk about whatever the heck I want Let's whenever I want to. <laughs> So we don't have to always talk social media, but I do think people will be interested to get some insight on you and your wife having a Facebook group 
with over 30,000 people in it. Like that's sure. a, that's a big deal, right? Like that's yeah. a lot, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And so can you talk about like, what would be a couple of the practical tips that you could give on what you believe is, is led to that growth for you guys? Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the first thing I would say is that there is no easy button on it. Uh, it definitely yeah. takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and it takes a, a lot of consistency. Consistency is probably the most important piece of it, number one. Number two, don't try to do it alone. Uh, in some cases, that could be partnering with other mm -hmm. organizations that already have a larger platform and really building collaboration with them. Yeah. So in the early days, we were uh, connecting with Fierce Marriage and Husband Revolution and some other big platforms. And I was doing blog posts uh, for them. And it was basically a, uh, you know, they would have visitors, if you will, come and, and, and uh, guest, guest blog posts. And so okay. I was doing blog posts for them. And we were, you know, share, reposting each other's messages and things of that nature. So leveraging uh, others' resources or, uh, you know, quite frankly, utilizing services where it makes sense. So I think you might know of a couple of avenues people could go down uh, if they were interested in partnering with someone that could, you know, they could spend a few dollars and it could help them boost their social media capabilities. But trying to do it on your own uh, is going to be a long, hard slog. Partnering with yeah. others in, that are like-minded uh, yeah. and either doing it purely as a collaboration or perhaps even hiring in the case of tapping into your network of uh, resources. I, I think that part is crucial. Uh, and then the third thing is just being authentic and vulnerable. Uh, what people don't need is more static content. What yeah. they crave is things where you're actually opening up your heart and your life and what's going on. So good. Um, when, when you're finding, you know, so I'm assuming like you did research to figure out like who would be the strategic partners that we ultimately want to align with. Yep. What did the ask look like to them? Hmm. So uh, it, it was about 12 years ago when I did that. Um, but it, uh, it, it, my recollection is that that ask was to, you know, first of all, validate that I saw value in what they were doing. And uh -huh. so what I would do was point out a post that they had made, uh, content that they had created, and I affirmed that content first before I started pitching yep. my own I side love of that. It, right? Yep. yep. And then the next thing I did was just barely pivot from that and ask, how can I come alongside you and help further promote and support your messaging and your platform? And only after getting traction there did I, did I then start saying, oh, and by the way, here's something I've got that I could use help with as well. But if you come right out of the gate saying, hey, here's my thing that I want your help with, right. the likelihood of that going anywhere is really low. Yeah, don't go in with finger guns. Correct. You know? But they're cool. Anybody, if, if you're listening to the literal podcast, you don't have any idea what we're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, dude, I think it's... <laughs> I feel like there's there's so many things that like 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 what you said just now it shouldn't be profound. <laughs> like it to to a lot of people and and maybe it's because like you and I are both Christ followers but I also know a ton of selfish Christ followers, right? So I still think even inside of that like there's just a group of people 
that truly identify as givers. Sure. And that's just what we are. And so it's not like, it's not profound to me to hear you say, I just actually like reached out to see how I could be of service to them. But to most people in sales, they don't, a lot of people in sales don't have that big generous heart. And it is all about what's in it for me. And so I think that's what, what some of you might need to rewind about 90 seconds and go listen again. Like you want social media to work for you at a high level, make it about the value you give to other people. 100%. So what, how do you determine? Cause again, you've got, you've got a lot of different companies, which means you've got a lot of different avatars, right? Where you have to identify over and over and over again, who's my ideal client for this company. And then for this one, and then for this one, because they're not the same for all of them. No. So what, what's the process for like, how do you determine like what that group genuinely needs or wants? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I'm going to go back to my fail early, fail often, fail forward. Okay. Uh, so I, I hold it with an open hand because nearly always I'll go in with an idea in mind of like, ha I've got it. I know exactly who it is. And then over a process of elimination, I learn, yeah, I had it all wrong. That's that's not who it is at all. And so I just, you know, to the, the image I aim to have in my mind is from friends. And Ross and I uh, is helping move that uh, uh, couch. And he yeah. keeps yelling, pivot, pivot. <laughs> like, that's what you got to do. You got to keep pivoting. You just have to pivot. Right. Because, but right. what happens, I think, too often is we've got it in our heads, like, I'm going to take this couch or this chase lounge or whatever, and I am just going to shove it through the wall if that what that's what it takes. And with enough grit and determination, I can make this happen. And you probably can make that happen. But yeah. you'll also end up with your furniture stuck halfway through the sheetrock. So good. That is truly... I. That's not what I thought you would say, but I think that's the best advice. Yeah. Because I I I tell people all the time like the reason I'm where I am with video specifically is because I've deleted more videos from my phone than most people have ever even post. Or like and so for the person that's like they're just dabbling in stuff. Yep. They're going to try 52 times this year if they do something once a week. Sure. I'm going to do 52 in a month. Yeah. And so it is that it's that constant willingness to pivot, but also to pivot, you've got to be willing to accept blame. Sure. For when it goes wrong each time, because most people, instead of pivoting, they just decide to quit because now they're embarrassed or it didn't work. Right. Right. And uh, gosh, this, this is where I think most people just get completely bogged down and stuck. Yeah. So how how do you get somebody to be more open to pivoting that isn't so, naturally a pivoter? <laughs> yeah, we, we have to redefine what success looks like mm. and we have to take away the stigma associated with failure. So it's going to sort of harken back a little bit to that fail early, fail often, fail forward. 
Yeah. But it's it's also going to be a redefinition of success. So the problem, I think, at its core is there's this belief we have that we're going to line up and take a shot like, like it's a free throw. And you're standing there and you're going to keep aim, 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 fire. And you get this like one or two chances at making it. Yeah. And if you do, the crowd goes wild. And if it bounces off the rim, you hang your head in shame. And, uh, you know, that was our last chance to finally win the game. The clock's about to run out. You're toast. And so we've got to redefine it entirely and go, no, 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 no. Success is about tomorrow morning. Are you going to get back up and mm. go at it again? Mm. Right. Are you going to lace up your sneakers and get back out on the court? Or in the case of like social media, are you going to fire your phone up again tomorrow? Are you going to so take good. a nut, try another video? Are you going to make five more posts? If you're in sales, you're going to make three more phone calls. Like, what is it you're going to do to continue to push forward? So I would say success is about resiliency. Success mm. is about consistency. Um, I was doing a talk for uh, actually a, a realtor group last week, and I was speaking to them about goal setting. And I asked them for what their goals were. And, you know, one had a goal of 16 transactions for the year and one had a goal of 19 transactions for the year. And uh, they were rattling off all their different goals and I was writing them on the board. And I said, okay, all of that's great. But everything you just told me constitutes an output that you have zero control over. Mm. Absolutely none. You yeah. cannot force X number of transactions to occur. So good. No way. Yeah. No control over that. And, and furthermore, it's dangerous because you could work your tail off and do all the things you ought to be doing in the month of January and be behind trend on your output, on your transaction. And conversely, you could just happen to call a couple of the right people or something you started six months ago falls in your lap and finally comes through and you could be way ahead of trend and then you get lazy and you take your foot off the off the gas, right? Yep. Because you're measuring the wrong thing. Mm. What you've got to measure is the only thing you can control, which is your actions, your inputs. The activity you do on a daily basis is the only thing you have control over. You can control how many phone calls you make, how many emails you send, how many posts you do. You can directly control how many drop-ins you do with centers of influence, how many care packages you send off, how many handwritten thank you notes you do. You have direct control over those things. And if you measure that, then you'll continue that level of activity regardless of the outputs. Yeah. And so that level of activity will build up over time and result in outputs, result in production, but it's the only thing you can control. And if you focus on controlling that, number one, you won't slack off if you happen to have a really good month in terms of production. You also will have reason to feel confident, even if you didn't see the results this month. Yeah. Oh, no, but, but high five to myself, pat on the back. I did all the level of activity that I was aiming for. So I'm a rock star high five. And so then you've got the motivation to do it again next month. Now, yeah. you need some accountability along the way, and you may need to evaluate those inputs and go, mm, some of those aren't as productive as I thought. Let me tweak the number of calls or the kinds of posts or the way I'm reaching out to people in person yeah. or whatever it is. But now you're focusing on the thing you can actually control 
rather than focusing the thing that you have zero control of. Yeah. Golly. So good, man. Why? Why are we so naturally bad at that? <laughs> you know, like, cause it's so easy to, to just be like, huh? Yeah. I want 50. I want to get 50 new clients this year. Done. Right. Stamp it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> like, that's so easy. Why? Like, why? Like, yeah. I, why? Why is it that way? Um, it's it's all. I really think it comes down at a fundamental level to delayed gratification, mm. which is something that my dad was really really good about coaching me on. Uh, when you focus on something like how many pounds did I lose this year instead of how much water did I drink, right? Then you know the pounds feel like more of that significant thing. It's that attaboy thing, and so then anything I do to drop pounds is legitimate. Even if it's unhealthy, even if it's dangerous, right? It's still like, hey, you're hitting your target. Good job. Well, maybe that I shouldn't have been focusing on that to begin with. I mean, similarly, I could do a lot of crazy things to take on 50 clients. Right. And maybe those aren't healthy. Maybe they're not sustainable. Like we just generally focus on the wrong things because if we were to focus on the things that are healthy, sustainable, predictable, repeatable, that's less fun. It's less exciting. It's more about like, this is what I need to do over my entire lifespan. And that's just, I mean, that's just harder to get jazzed about. And yeah. so as a society, we tend to reward things that are more splashy. We reward things that in and of themselves may look impressive, but don't necessarily have any substance behind them. That's it. It's spot on. You should just be on every episode. We should just <laughs> we should just do every episode together. <laughs> it we'll call it Kyle Squared. Yes. So good. <laughs> so before before we wrap all this up, I, I did I decided I think the title of this episode needs to be You're Measuring the Wrong Thing. Ooh, I like that. Cause you said that. And I think it fits everything we've talked about so far. I dig it. it. It's not that we're necessarily doing the wrong thing. It's that we're measuring the wrong thing. That's that's really solid. It's good. Now you said it, not me. So, <laughs> so that was very solid from you. So where, where, where I want to go before we talk about something else or, or we, or, or this episode is over okay. is, you know, in your most recent book is, you know, legends don't retire and neither should you. Yes, sir. And, and so that book is about legacy. Mm. And in your book, so I'm kind of forcing you to kind of like play with me in this in this area we call social media, because that's not what your book is about. Right. Like your book is based in, you know, in a lot in finance and, sure. and how to create legacy. But obviously, legacy is so much bigger than 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 just the monetary piece of it. Yep. It, it's, you know, the stories that are left behind of us when we're gone it's the things people say about us when we're not present in the room, you know? So with social media, I love to tell people that struggle instead of getting all like weird about like, you're trying to sell something there or whatever, look at social media as a living time capsule that is taking in all of your messages. And then anybody that comes here from now on, they'll be able to see that stuff. Yep. And that's a lot of why 
I do video as much as I do is yes, it grows my business, but I do everything that I do because I, I think about like one day I won't be physically present on this earth anymore. Sure. And my kids, 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 kids <laughs> are going to go like, what was great, great grandpa Kyle like? And instead of just looking at pictures like you and I get to do with our great, great relatives, yep. they're going to be able to go. You don't have to ask me what he was like. We created a freaking movie <laughs> yeah. of every video he ever did. And I'm going to be able to make people cry and laugh. That'd be quite the movie. <laughs> that would be quite the movie, wouldn't it? Nobody would want to see it, but it would be something. Ho so, hopefully, hopefully they trim it down to like the best nuggets from each. But when they're all the best, you know, how do you, how do you, you know, choose which piece is the best? And so my, you know, my question is how do we get people thinking in terms of legacy? Because we're right. Like I me, mean, you and I probably wouldn't be considered young anymore, but we're not old. Look at all those cassette tapes, dude. Yeah. These are, these are sermons from my dad. Wow. Yeah, so like that's it. That's what you get. These, by the way, but. right? Because your your dad passed away a couple yep. of years ago. Yep. And and he's a big piece of the book. And yep. you know, you tell a really cool story in there um, about him and his funeral. And yeah, how do we like? It's it's hard to get people that are still alive hmm. to care about when they're not. Right. How do we do it? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's good. It's, um, I, I, I don't know how to get people there apart from getting them to just slow down for a moment. So, all right, there's this exercise that I do with financial planning clients where I ask them to write down on a piece of paper, their current age and the current year. Okay. Then I ask them to write down to add 10 to both of those numbers and write that down again. And then I asked them to add 10 to that number and write it down again. And what I say to them is currently, right now where you sit at your age in the year that you're in, you are limited by a host of factors. You're limited by where you live. You're limited by the age of your kids. You've got responsibilities and obligations and all kinds of things that constrain what yeah. is possible in the year 2023. And as you look at what are your goals for this year, which we tend to do at this you know, time of the year, yeah. uh, you're limited in terms of what is possible over the course of the year because of where you're sitting. But 10 years from now, you've got a lot fewer limitations than you have today. Right. And 20 years from now, literally anything is possible. Mm. So 20 years from now, you could live anywhere in the world you want. You could talk a completely different language. You could operate in a different line of business. You could have completely different skills. Your day-to-day -day life could look and feel different than it does today. None of the constraints that are holding you back today have to be true 20 years from now. Yeah. And so what I walk them through is an exercise of what do you want to be true of your life in 20 years in terms of family, in terms of finances, in terms of your faith, in terms of your fitness, in terms of all these different aspects of life. Then if that's what you're aiming for 20 years from now, what do you need to do in the next 10 years to set the platform for making 20 a reality 
Yeah. And then you eventually work your way back to what the heck do we do this year from that perspective? And so what I would argue is I think part of the problem that people have in really getting out there in social media is that they don't have a clear enough vision of their future self. Mm. And so they don't know how to put a message out there in alignment with that. And the messaging they do put out there or potentially would put out there is only consistent with their current self. And they may not even be super stoked about their current self. Oh and so it's hard to get motivated about putting more content out there about the current, you know, version 1.7 of themselves. They're not even crazy about version 1.7. They're really much more interested in, you know, some future version 5.0 of themselves. And until they crystallize what that looks like, then it's hard to get excited about creating content and promoting a version of themselves if they haven't gone through the exercise to visualize it. Woo. Come on. <laughs> Dude, that's so good. So what do you think is the like, cause I love taking tests. You know, you said this is like a, you know, this is a, you know, an, a, an example you run through, you, you know, you run people through. Sure. Um, I know like you and me and, and, uh, and our buddy, Justin Winstead, like, you know, we, we love the, all the different tests we can take and somebody <laughs> likes strength finders and somebody likes, you know, Myers-Briggs and somebody else likes Enneagram and somebody else likes what well, right. There's a, there's a million of them. So would there be like, or is there a test that you know of that would help somebody like get clarity on like who they want to be hmm. or who they should be based on their personality types, their, their interests, anything like that? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, I wish there was a single test that I felt like directly satisfied that with each of the things you mentioned, and I've, I've done all of them and I use several yeah. of them. Uh, the only one that I utilized that I, I didn't hear in your list was Colby. Um, but What's uh, that? Uh, so Colby, K-O-L-B-E. Uh, it's really a, an assessment of um, how you... Uh, how you're wired in terms of the work that you do and what you're best equipped for in terms of the types of tasks, the types of work that you would complete. Uh, It's it's, because you, you know, disc, for example, is great about how you communicate. Yeah. Um, And you've got like uh, working genius that uh, Justin loves, which is more so about like where you derive energy Yep. Uh, Colby is more so how you're wired in terms of the type of work, the type of task, the type of pro- productivity that you're wired for. So as an example, uh, you'd have a relative strength on are you someone who needs to get all the facts, all the information before you can take action? Or mm. do you just get a little bit of information, then you're ready to go? That's yeah. the fact finder side of things. Oh, and then there's okay. the uh, there, there's like the implementer side of things. So are you that person that is... Uh, going to start things, or are you more so that person that's going to finish things out? Uh, it's used a lot by the strategic coach organization, uh, and I found it to be immensely helpful. Uh, it doesn't really speak to to your question, though, which I would say there's it, there's really a lot of those different yeah. aspects that come into play. And I'd say more than anything, what you really need more than a test, you need a process. Yeah, You, you need a process to go through to discover and to document 
this is the version of myself that I want to be. And here's the steps I would need to get there. And it doesn't have to be the process I laid out earlier, but something like that, where you're going through a vision exercise, where you're really uh, elaborating that uh, future version of yourself. Yeah. And then you have, then you know what you're aiming for, right? Well, I, I think that's the other issue is people don't know what they're aiming for. Right. Yeah. 100%. And I think what's key, which is where, you know, I think you come in in your line of work, where I come in in my line of work, like you need the right facilitator, the right coach that can help you uncover these things that you're like, holy cow, I've never, I'm 40 years old. I've never even thought about that. You know, um, I think, I think it's just wild that, that people could go through life without some form of coaching in their mm -hmm. life. No, you're spot on. Uh, I currently have three coaches. Wow. One of which I pay $10,000 a year for the privilege of paying my own way to get on an airplane, fly to California, put myself up in a hotel, pay for food while I'm there. Um, yeah, I, I think coaching yeah. is critical. Absolutely critical. It's huge. It's huge. So, okay, my last question, and then I'm letting you go because yep. you've got 18 companies to go. <laughs> what? do you wish you were asked about more that you're not usually asked? Not enough people ask me how tall I am. Uh, the, oh. the answer is five, nine and a half. Um, I could take my, my phone right now. I could call any one of my six children with zero context. Just say, how tall is your dad? And you could wake them up in the middle of the night and ask them. They would go five, nine and a half. Why? Why? Why are why are they also in tune to that? I've drilled it into them. It is important. Do not cut me short. It is five nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I guess us six three years. We don't we're not, we don't really concern ourselves. It's okay. It's okay, brother. The Lord has us grow until we're perfect, and some of us take longer than others. That's true. You were just made perfect so much longer ago than yeah. me. Um, man, what uh, what do I wish they asked me about more? Uh, honestly, I wish they asked me more about the Lord. Uh, yeah. Maybe I don't do a good enough job uh, letting them know that I'm open to that discussion, but uh, yeah. that's the thing I wish they asked me more about. I think, I think that's less about you and more about them. Yeah. Because I would probably say that that's the same thing for me. Sure. Um. I love that, bro. Thank you for creating so much value and, and such a short amount of time. Um, how do people get in touch with you that, that listen to this episode and want to connect? Yeah, you bet. So uh, what they're going to need to do um, is get an envelope and write a letter. Oh, gosh. Uh, send it. To <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Put it, to, put it on your carrier pigeon. And uh, that's right. <laughs> shoot in my direction. <laughs> they need to physically come down to 118 Olive Street. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, Gabhart, fortunately, G A B H A R T, uh, is not a super common last name. Yeah. Uh, so, pretty much you can Google me. And after you get past a couple of mug shots, then you'll find uh, me plastered all over the place. Um, okay. Funny note on that, by the way, uh, early on, uh, in my entrepreneurial career, I was a partner in a con IT consulting firm based out of Philly and Toronto. 
And I had just recently launched uh, the first version of Arctic Scavengers. And this was before like being a nerd was cool. It was definitely not cool <laughs> at all. And I had perfectly crafted my online presence so that when you Googled Kyle Gabhart, my IT book showed up and me speaking at technology conferences. And I was a, uh, a columnist for IBM Developer Works for like a year and a half. And like those articles would pop up and all this stuff. Like it was beautiful. And then I launched this book or this game and all of these like people who I think primarily live in their mother's basement, like came out of the woodwork <laughs> and started commenting on like chat rooms. This game is great. Blah, blah, blah. Oh my goodness. I love this. Hey, let's play this this weekend along with a bong and a bunch of beer that you bring over to my house. <laughs> and so you would type in Kyle Gabhart and my perfectly curated view of who I was oh was gosh. suddenly polluted with all of this stuff. And I was like, no. Oh my God. And so I quickly changed everything. And now every bit of it says Robert instead of, uh, and, and it used to, the first version of it, this is the latest version. It used to say Robert K. I wouldn't even put the Kyle in it. Oh my gosh. Because Kyle's my middle name, Robert's my first name. So I immediately changed everything to Robert K., Robert K., Robert K., Robert K. And I went That's through hilarious. and scrubbed all the forums and had to, anyway, it was a mess. <laughs> so. <laughs> Dude, that's just the, you know, the price you pay for fame. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, I mean, you know, LinkedIn is is great. Probably the most common way that people get a hold of me. Okay. Uh, BluegrassLegacyGroup.com is fine. Uh, you can, uh, you know, hit me up on on any of those and, and certainly happy to connect with folks. Right uh, on. Yeah, you bet. We'll put links in the show notes for all that stuff. Perfect. Dude. Hey, I appreciate the heck out of you, Kyle. You're good people. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for being on today. And thank yeah. you guys for listening. If you learned something, please consider leaving a review. I always need more of those. It lets Google and Apple and Spotify and all those places know that this is worthy of them pushing out to more people. And then we'll be back next week with another incredible episode, most likely with a guest that owns less businesses than Kyle. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow and reach out to my guest. Also, please consider sharing and leaving a review wherever you consume this content because this is the world we live in and your review online for others to see is invaluable for the success of this show. And remember, you're amazing. Talk to you soon.